everybody welcome back to your hard in the paint nba podcast the nba podcast where we ask the hard questions about the nba i'm your host matt and again joined by michael and today on this wonderful president's day we have a a action-packed weekend of all-star game shenanigans as well as uh just a tidbit of news uh in in the downtime so let's just hit it off with just the the league updates but before we do that i'd like to give a special shout out to our sponsor for this episode of heart in the paint podcast and that is arrowhead so arrowhead is your locally brewed favorite uh, mountain spring water company they make all sorts of sizes and shapes of water bottles that you might need for whatever adventures that you might be on in the Rocky Mountain area. Uh, they've been brewing specialty handcrafted spring water since 1894, and they use uh, very sustainable and recyclable bottles as well as uh, practices associated with those. So head on down to your local Arrowhead dealer today to secure your 10% off coupon of water and with that the pelicans have fired dell demps in sort of a really fast shocking event what what the heck does this mean michael what's going on here i i think everything is basically up for sale in new orleans uh, if you want to be the next superstar in New Orleans, that's up for sale. If you want to be a new GM, new coach, new vice president of basketball operations, new ownership, I think everything is on the table for New Orleans basketball. It seems like it's a big slash and burn fest going on over there. It seems like, uh, you know, Davis is trying to spread his wings elsewhere. And now Del Demps is gone, probably with some deals that aren't happening behind the scenes with that. And now what about the rest of the roster? I know Miritich just left in a trade and, you know, Drew Holiday is still on that team. That's a good piece for somebody to pick up. Yeah, I'm wondering if we're going to see something like what happened with Philly where a new GM comes in and just starts making a bunch of aggressive moves in the summer. Uh, AD, maybe Julius Randle, Drew Holiday, Etwan Moore, uh, I think everybody is essentially up for grabs. Yeah, and I'd love to uh, be the fly on the wall for these Lakers drama that's supposedly not happened and happened and not happened a hundred times with Dell Demps at the head. So uh, that would be interesting to pick his brain on that one. And everything is a hundred times over now that All-Star Weekend has happened with LeBron and his uh, 2019 summer free agent team. Who knows what's happening behind the scenes now? Speaking of free agents, not really a free agent, but Markeith Morris, probably one of the, actually the last remaining good player that didn't get traded before the trade deadline, uh, is now going to the Oklahoma City Thunder to help round out their playoff push. Uh, Personally, I think this is a really nice pickup for them. Kind of need uh, someone in that, you know, three four spot that can do a little bit more post defense, a little bit stronger, as well as you know, 
both the Morris twins are pretty all right at spacing the floor as well. And, you know, kind of they can get you, you know, 10 points a game, you know, a couple rebounds and assist, uh, you know, reasonably athletic. Um, that, that team just, the more I see that team play, the, the meaner it looks, especially with a uh, champion and their roster now. So a lot of depth. A lot of depth, a lot of length, a lot of black. Seems strong and powerful to me. Steven Adams? He's pretty much and black. A- and Andre Roberson's got to come back here pretty soon, at least probably by the playoff push. See, is he really coming mm-hmm. back this year? I thought he they just ruled him out the whole year. Oh, really? I was thinking maybe he'd come back for the last 15 games or so and oh, then yeah. kind of ease him back into the first round of the playoffs. And then um, cause they're probably going to need him if they're – legitimately going to beat Golden State. They need him on KD. Yeah, you get him on KD or put him on like uh, like Steph or Clay so that Paul George doesn't have to use so much energy on defense, right? Yeah, and it just helps with their overall switching scheme. Yeah, and you got to remember, you know, two years ago when he was healthy and playing a lot, he he was locking people down like Josh Okoji on Harden the other day. I mean, you know, he was that good. Um, speaking of Okoji, uh, there's a big trend of this all-star game to honor some of the veterans and legends of the game. Most particularly, of course, with the Dirk and Dwayne Wade, like honorary vet spots. Um, but what 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 do you think? Do you think this is a good trend? You think this this was a smart move? I think so. I think it makes more sense now that a whole generation of oh we know who these players are. You know, if they were celebrating guys who played in the fifties, sixties, early seventies, I don't think we'd really make that connection. But having something like Dale Curry and Mark Price and Muggsy Bogues was out there. I mean, having those guys kind of come in and out, I think kind of sets the tone of, uh, you know, one of the problems that the NFL really has, there's a huge disconnect for after they leave the league. Nobody really hears about these guys anymore until they have some kind of CTE or like some type of off the court, you know, misconduct kind of issue. Whereas here in the NBA, I think it's really good that these guys kind of come back in like a positive way. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. I think that's, I think it's cool to an extent, you know, we see it. I think we're starting to see kind of a resurgence of it, mostly because a lot of these old pretty good players, kids are now playing in the league. So you've got Larry Nance Jr. and, you know, uh, even Ben Simmons' dad played and like... uh, Curry brothers. Yeah, Curry brothers. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to see, you know, and then some of these guys, you know, like last year when Larry Nance put on his dad's jersey or... uh, Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with setting up trial runs with Wade and Dirk for eventually when LeBron retires in four years and then after that you're going to have Steph and Katie and some of these... uh, ultra superstars and i think they're still trying to work out kind of behind the scenes of 
how should we go about honoring these guys? And I think they're kind of working on it year by year. The only thing, and really the only problem I have with it is, it felt like media coverage-wise, a lot of the time devoted to this All-Star game was not spent on Charlotte finally got their All-Star game, here's Kemba, he's a hometown hero. It's It felt like it was the Dwayne Wade, you know, leaving tour and you know yeah i mean part of the problem is that charlotte's a relatively small market and they only had kemba and kemba was in the three was he in the three-point contest yeah three point yeah he didn't do particularly well i think he only put up 15 or 16 points and then in the actual all-star game he didn't exactly play all that well it almost seemed more that the the media and kind of the tnt coverage was more focused on curry yeah, yeah, that too, which I was also surprised by. Makes sense, since Kemba's probably not hugely known, you know, outside of the casual, maybe, you know, would the casual NBA fan really know much about Kemba? Yeah, that's a good point. I just thought it was a little, I know Dirk hasn't said he's going to retire this year, but it felt like the balance yeah. was way off. Yeah, I mean, let's jump to the All-Star game then. So, you know, I I had I thought Kemba would have won MVP because I, I felt like the imbalance for the LeBron-Giannis teams, LeBron seemed to have a better team, and Kemba's on Giannis' team. So if Giannis wins, then Kemba, I figured, would show out, especially if it's his you know, hometown. He probably gets to shoot a little bit more. And I thought he'd be pretty efficient, but if anything, he was pretty anonymous. Yeah, I mean, he made a couple layups and, like, a couple jacked up a couple threes. But, you know, what I didn't realize until I was watching that game was he was actually the shortest guy on the court at all times. Yeah, yeah, actually. And he never brought the ball up. (laughs) Actually, yeah, LeBron tended to dominate a lot in that game. Yeah, and, and... I think, you know, I, I don't think they, I think they tried to feed him like the first two shots. Like, all right, let's get, let's get Kemba like a highlight play, you know, let's get him a step back three or a crossover. And he missed like both his highlight plays, which kind of sucked. Yeah. Then it flipped into the Giannis Middleton, Budenholzer, Bucks show. No, that At least for the was first entertaining. Time. Yeah, it was Steph dishing it to Giannis, who was leaking out, and then Giannis dishing it to Middleton, who just made every three, it felt like. It was entertaining. You know, the big highlight play of the night is probably going to be, and it already is, I don't know why I said probably going to be, it's, you know, Steph doing the the super high bounce off the ground, then Giannis reaching up practically to the top of the backboard to slam down, this bounce alley-oop pass. Uh, it was just like a, in awe that he, re- he could even reach up that high, really. I know that that play won NBA Twitter, but I think my personal favorite was the Paul George reverse 360 dunk. Because that just came out of, like, nowhere. Like, I kind of expected Giannis and Steph be some of the more theatrical players in the game because that's kind of what we've seen the last couple of years right where Giannis going for the dunk and then Steph just kind of crouches down on the floor 
you know, Steph is usually a bit more loose with this kind of stuff, but Paul George, that reverse 360 just I felt like that was like the first uh, all-star game kind of play where it's like Yeah, really kind of showboaty. Like uh, he's done that dunk like you know, he did it in the dunk contest a couple years back. He did it in a game once when he was on Indiana. Yeah. That was before the leg injury. So I guess this is his first time he's done that since the leg injury. So he must be feeling pretty good then. He also had those couple times when he was on Harden and he did the double step back. On Harden. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> and he, and he made, made them too. both. He made them both even better. And it was so deliberate. Because <laughs> he even had the whole uh, kind of dribble rhythm thing going that Harden usually does where he kind of tries to pick up like a, a little bit of a tempo for like eight seconds. You know, and Paul George kind of did the same thing, which is pretty cool. I thought one of my other two favorite plays of the night, they were both Steph plays. One was he had that sick crossover on, uh, I don't remember who it was, but then he does this like a lefty sky hook bounce off the glass shot. That was just like, how the heck did that go in? And then at the end of the game, he did a bounce off the floor alley-oop to himself and dunked it. It was like, okay, Steph dunks. Yeah, that's an all-star game. And that was the last shot of the game, right? Yeah. The last made field goal. So Steph got the last shot in Charlotte. Did I mean, uh, Yeah, that was intentional, but yeah. Who would you say won the All-Star game? I know that there's an official MVP and everything, but who would you say won the All-Star game? See, I really thought Giannis was the MVP of the All-Star game. I know KD ended up getting it because he made some pretty clutch threes at the end. Um, I thought Lillard... I thought... so. Let me talk about LeBron's team for a second and how it was like one player hit three threes, the next player hits three threes, the next player hits three threes. It was great. I mean, it was like, that's what he did. Like Only everybody shooters. got their chance to, to shine. It was, it was crazy like parts. Uh, it was like at the end of the second or something where Kawhi just trades threes with everybody. Like that was <laughs> sick. Like, okay, I didn't think Kawhi would make those shots. And then in the third when Lillard would just – kept making them from the logo and people have now deemed him logo lillard which is an interesting nickname yeah i gotta agree i the damian lillard bradley beal clay thompson ben simmons uh reserve unit basically won that game oh and or at least turned around that game tremendously in the second half no, no, the, the the best Steph play was when he got the four point play over Clay Thompson. Clay? <laughs> I don't know. The Steph starting from the key and then just dribbling all the way through traffic and then going to his left and then just kind of throwing up the ball. And then oh, that was pretty awesome too. A lot of good Steph plays. Yeah, I would I would say Steph won the game. Damian Lillard, I think, really showed out. Uh, and then. I really like that Dame, Beal, Clay, Ben Simmons little unit. Because Ben Simmons would just fly on the tempo. And then there'd just be these shooters. It was like it was like watching like a young LeBron. Yeah, it was great to um also speaking of players that I was happy to see show out just a little bit. Blake got a couple dunks back for like his yeah, old form. Blake was relevant. And um, there's and then there was that one Jokic play where he he's falling out of bounds and shoves that LeBron. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is where I was like, oh my god, this shows how much Jokic is just one of the smartest dudes in the NBA. 
literally a, the ball's about to go out of bounds. LeBron has stepped out of bounds, and then he just dumps it like on his leg. <laughs> he just throws it right at his hands, <laughs> and LeBron's just like it. two feet out of bounds, not even moving. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, oh my god, he fucking boomed him, dude. <laughs> what about when Dirk came on the floor and just hit three threes? Like in a row. Oh, that was beautiful. They were all deep too. Those would have been four point ruffle shots. Like, oh, it's great. Super high arcing shot too. Yeah. I loved it. And then uh let's not forget they've you know, Meek Mill did the intro show, which I was upset by, but then they made it up with Jay Cole doing the halftime show, which was probably the best halftime show from an all star game in a long time. Yeah, it just you know, I'm not the biggest J. Cole fan, but it definitely felt like people actually cared as opposed to when you think about the Super Bowl with like Maroon 5 and it's just like, what what were they trying to do where they cram in like 10 songs in 13 minutes or whatever? And at least, you know, it kind of really felt like this is J. Cole's show in a way. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously he's, you know, from North Carolina and that's why they picked him and he's popular with you know the nba crowd yeah kudos to the nba for actually like picking a black artist like a local black artist yeah really and smart. not just yeah. doing some cop out maroon five type thing yeah so i thought his show was really good you know no one has memed it yet so that obviously means people enjoyed it and respected <laughs> it uh and on top if he had of that performed sweet victory how <laughs> How much would Maroon 5 just been instantly hated even more? You know, I got to say, I think I think they even talked about it on like the the uh, post-game show. It's like, that was the best reception to any halftime show they've had in like decades. Just like audience yeah. participation, cheering and clapping, you know, popular people actually like enjoying the concert. Yeah, this felt like one of the more solid all-star weekends like the celebrity game was pretty solid competitive uh the what's it, uh, rising stars skills three-point dunk all-star like pretty solid pretty solid yeah really good all around like i don't think i can super complain about anything like it like it definitely is in the like au territory like maybe like an a minus yeah. just because dennis didn't win dunk contest Oh yeah, there there were some problems um, with the whole dunk contest. I guess one of the other things I was kind of watching for in the All Star game was interesting com- combos of players. Uh, and the one that really jumped out to me was Westbrook and Jokic. Pretty good pick and roll chemistry. Yeah, they like surprisingly it's just clicked right away. Each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, Russ missed like everything, but it was like. <laughs> Well, I mean, when he was when he was aggressive and just going directly to the basket, going literally hard in the paint, he he was he was fine. But that's just because nobody plays defense. But he really didn't dunk it except once. Like he kept on driving to the paint like he was, and then he'd just throw it out for a pass. Yeah, what do you make of Harden? Because Harden also was a, a starter, but he he seemed to kind of have like a pretty quiet game. Wasn't even shooting all that much. You know, they interviewed him pregame, and it sounded like he wasn't trying to be too crazy on this. I think he's taking the smart approach and trying to just, like, 
Maybe his shoulder is still kind of bothering him from last week. We had kind of like a bit of a strain on his shoulder. I think so. I think he's trying to get a rest. I mean, that guy's got to hit his 30-point streak, you know, for the next 15 games. So I think he realizes Uh, what's more important. So Team LeBron and the 2019 Summer Free Agency class get the win. What does this mean heading into the summer? For all these guys. It means Giannis is going to the Golden State Warriors in exchange for Kevin Durant. That's actually not a bad mix either way. I, I love the Steph, the Steph Giannis chemistry was there. Like Golden State get like their big man that they just need in the paint that they've been putting in kind of these one year rentals, right? JaVale McGee. Zaza, Kevin Looney, uh, Bogut. Marcus Cousins. Yeah, and then Katie fits pretty well in that in that Buck system. That's how he wins in another MVP, right? Yeah, do you think do you think Katie should have won the MVP? He probably won on like a points total. This I think no he one won, guy yeah. really kind of stood out. I mean if Giannis, I think. If Team Giannis had won, I think Giannis would have won the MVP, but it didn't really feel like anybody on LeBron's team really stood out. It just felt like, oh, there's LeBron, Ben Simmons, and then just a bunch of three-point shooting. Yeah, it's like everybody had like 12 points off of four threes on his team. I think the trick with Kevin Durant was, I don't know if he missed. He might have missed one shot the whole night. He had like two clutch steals at the end. It was like It was just like the momentum was in his favor like for the last three minutes of that game. Yeah, but that game was tied with about eight minutes to go, and then KD pretty much broke that game. Yeah, he was the last like momentum push that that team needed. Even though I think they, Dame, yeah, they had LeBron and Dame. Dame finally caught fire. Like he started off real slow, but well, Dame really began that turnaround in the second half that basically propelled them from twenty points down to winning by. 16 or whatever. I personally would have given it to Giannis still. I feel like he had the most impact on the game. Yeah, but losing losing team, right? Yeah. exactly like what LeBron happened in the 2015 finals. So so I think the crazy part of this game was is it set a record for three points attempted at halftime and for the entire game. So I mean, team, that's no surprise. Yeah. Uh, team LeBron shot 35 of 90 from three-point range. <laughs> And Team Giannis shot 27 of 77. So that three-point difference is obviously what was their downfall. Yeah. Team Giannis dominated in the paint, though. Almost 80 points in the paint. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and uh, I think 30 of those are Giannis, right? So... (laughs) (laughs) No, Giannis shot seven threes. He only made three of them, though. So that's actually pretty good. Yeah, he, he basically pulled a Russell Westbrook and shot him shot his team out of the game. I would have loved to see... I thought we had a prediction that Ben was going to take a three in the All-Star game, and he didn't. Oh, yeah, he didn't. Yeah, I was very disappointed. I thought he would do it. Oh, well. But otherwise, uh, box, like team box score-wise, these teams were... You know, Probably even. Exchanged the three-point shots for the points in the paint, and they have 42 and 43 assists. You know, six to one blocks and turnovers were about the same. It it was actually really 
close game. Uh, it, they're just... The effort levels weren't equalized throughout the entire game, so it kind of... I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was... The cap the captains were LeBron and Giannis, as opposed to LeBron and Steph, two guys who clearly don't like each other. If we had something like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were the two captains, I think we would have seen something more competitive just because it's driven by the the captains kind of down. I don't know. I but, like the idea of the captain being the same position. I wish they had defended each other more often, you know? Yeah, there were, there were some interesting matchups, right? So sometimes Embiid was having to guard LeBron because LeBron was playing the five on his team just because they were all surrounded by shooters. And then Steph versus Kyrie. I think Kyrie kind of took it to Steph a little bit. Yeah, that's that's the that's the key. That's the major key to beating Steph is you ISO Kyrie on him. And then Paul George and KD uh, tended to match up a lot. Kind of went both ways. And then Kawhi just kind of did his thing and had these claw kind of moments. So speaking of Kawhi, this weekend at the All-Star Game, Kawhi Leonard got a advertisement his first marketing campaign for new balance as he is the now premier athlete of new balance basketball awesome new balance whoa so his shoe is called the omnis or i i believe you say it that way um and they're basically uh pretty they look like kind of like some anta pair of shoes um, they have all sorts of colors though. He wore a black and white and red one, obviously, but they have blues, whites, reds, all sorts of things. Um, they look really solid to me. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to give them a try. I don't know where I would find them, but, uh, let's recall that Kawhi Leonard used to be a Jordan, uh, 32 poster child, but the Jordan kind of brand, it didn't really fit his silent, uh personality you know, yeah and kind of this whole marketing campaign is let it let the game speak for itself like uh if, if you watch the 15 second ad on youtube or whatever it's like uh just no talking at all it's just like him and some overlays and like a glitch transition here and there and it's just like let your game speak for itself new balance Kawhi leonard uh but some other some other uh probably the most uh, valuable and best shoe of the night goes to LeBron, which is kind of sad because LeBron's sneaker line sucks. But uh, the LeBron 16 Watch the Thrones are actually super, super duper like hype. Uh, of course, way back uh, with the LeBron 9s, he had the original Watch the Thrones, which were, of course, harken back to uh, Kanye's and Jay-Z's collab album, 2012. Uh, those individually sell for $5,000 a piece now. Um, and you can join a raffle to get his current LeBron 16 Watch the Thrones, which personally I don't think are super cool. I mean, they're just solid black with like some lacing changes. Um, I've never been a big fan of LeBron shoes anyways. They just aren't really my style, but uh, that's probably the hypest. Uh, Kevin Durant, of course, had a pair of KD-11s, and they were all pink for breast cancer awareness uh, for his Aunt Pearl. Of course, he always does an Aunt Pearl sneaker every year. 
Uh, Kyrie, of course, has his good old Kyrie fives. Um, he has uh, Rocket X Kyrie five, I guess, is the official title. The kind of a California-based skateboarding brand. Uh, Do we read too much into that? That it's California-based? No, we aren't reading enough into it. He obviously had to go there to get this collaboration made. Um, so Kyrie to LA confirmed. Uh, and then Adidas kind of did this um, theme of racetrack NASCAR motif kind of thing. Of course, Charlotte being a big NASCAR. Charlotte hub. Motor Speedway. Yeah, so all, both of their Dames and Harden's sneakers are like... Uh, a racing flag with like red, yellow, and blue for the NASCAR colors. Uh, Clay Thompson, however, has a really interesting sneaker. He, of course, is the sort of premier athlete for Anta, and this is his KT4 line, and it is basically just a white sneaker with all sorts of badges and memorabilia on it for his records and Charlotte and a bunch of patches and stuff. Uh, pretty cool. Actually, a surprisingly really good sneaker, too, for a Chinese brand. Um, and Steph unveiled the Curry 6 uh, in a neon tennis ball color. Um, supposedly, this is supposed to be the most cushioned Curry line out there. I don't know. I'll have to try myself. Curry's and me, though, usually never agree. Uh, Westbrook, of course, had his own, and it just looks atrocious, as always. Uh, just like his fashion style. Um, so those are really the highlights of sneaker culture. Uh, you can obviously look these up yourself. I wouldn't recommend buying any of them, because I think they all look kind of lame. Uh, and there's not really like a unified theme like there used to be, it seems like. Uh, but another interesting tidbit I heard during the broadcast was... Giannis is getting his own Nike shoe, of course, and they're called the Freak Ones, and they're going to be available, I believe, before the end of the regular season. So they've been keeping these under wraps for a while, then. I haven't seen any leaks about these online, so I'll be interested to see what those look like. And now let's rewind a little bit, a couple days, to uh, the celebrity game. So fill me in on what happened here, Michael. We had a home team that was supposed to represent Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina, celebrities, and then the usual away. Uh, there was a four-point shot this year, or a four-point line. Um, and I think for each shot, some X amount of money went to charity. Not a ton of recognizable celebrities. Um, you had kind of the Ray Allen, Jay Williams kind of filled in the old NBA guy, slots uh quava was there hassan minaj uh, dr oz yeah so brad really williams the, the from our last night podcast yeah was the four point shots most importantly ray allen hitting most of these uh particularly <laughs> well, getting to, a right? five point play along the way team Bird or whatever uh not not the not the greatest coaching I will say, though, it came down to the wire. It was a crazy comeback at the end. Very, very competitive game. Can we yeah. can we talk about the fact that my guy, Hassan Minaj, 
brought that team back to life with like three, four minutes to go with all his immaculate defense. Yeah, that was that was pretty clutch. I was upset though that uh, Jay ended up getting the better side of Ray Allen. I was like, oh man, I don't like that guy. I don't like. Jay. Yeah, but I don't. I think of the history books. I don't. I don't think anybody's gonna remember uh, Jay William Jay Williams's NBA career or this game. That's true. But here's the real question: Does Ray Allen sign a ten day with the Lakers off this game? Dude, I think he should. He looked pretty good. I, I'd be down. I think it'd work. I mean, what does he got to do? He's just got to run to the corner. LeBron's going to feed him the ball like he always does. He's going he's gonna to score it. And that team doesn't play defense anyway, so it's yeah. not like he's going to hurt their defensive They can literally just play four on five on defense. And just keep him and in the corner. Worst case, he helps Lonzo, Brandon Ingram kind of get their shot. Yeah, shooting coach. Speaking of uh, Lakers, though, uh, the Rising Stars game was also this night. And it was uh, Kuzma winning MVP. Yeah, it was it ultra was, efficient. It felt like an All Star game. I, it felt more. It felt more less competitive than the actual. It felt All-Star like game. there was more flair. Definitely more flair, more theatrics, more showmanship by the young guys. Yeah, but you could tell right from the get-go, Kuzma was not passing that ball. He was going to score as much as he could, and that's exactly what he did. <laughs> Yeah, some other guys that really stood out to me, Jason Tatum, just, it looked like he could get a shot whenever. It was, it was like game seven, Eastern Conference Finals, Jason Tatum. Uh, Trey Young, I think this looked pretty good for, I think Trey Young actually had a really good weekend between uh, this and the skills challenge. Uh, the, the, the downside though, especially across this Rising Stars and the skills challenge was Luka. Luka didn't really stand out at all. Yeah, but I, I think with the rising stars, skills, three-point dunk contest, a lot of that is reliant on athleticism, and Luca has as little athleticism as you can as an NBA player, especially at the age of 19, 20 years old. Very, very little lateral quickness. Well, um, not exactly... Just... Let's just jump hops. into the skills bracket here and the skills well, challenge. One thing, one thing I wanted to mention with the, the Rising Stars was Team USA was clearly better, and, and they probably should have been since they look like they had a better team. But Ben Simmons had these moments where he kind of became angry mini LeBron, and it just oh, it made my heart grow so warm to think of if Ben Simmons gets angry, how LeBron used to get angry in some of those playoff matchups, like, 2012 game, no, 2013 game six in Boston Garden. That yeah. kind of LeBron. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, Benson's going to be so good. And then can we talk about Kyrie coaching uh, the Team USA team? Coaching the young guys? was How weird was it that Kyrie a month ago was lambasting his team and then they put him in charge of the young guys. Yeah, and he had that whole funk out with LeBron about leadership issues. That's like, yeah, interesting choice now, Kyrie, that you wanna you wanna put this role on. Do you think yourself. he volunteered to fix his is is this a PR move by Kyrie? No, I think they had him picked a long time ago. Oh, I think they had him picked right. like maybe at the beginning of the season. Alright, let's jump into the skills challenge skills challenge so they did it a little bit differently this year instead of doing a smalls versus bigs brackets they did 
uh they just had people pick you know one through eight randomly and randomly yeah, assign ludicrous. matchups ludicrous like randomly shows up just to do this uh this picking of the uh i guess mat like initial matchups yeah so i think that's cool it's like all right you know might as well mix it i up. like that the nba has blended the nba and hip-hop culture and nba twitter culture kind of together yeah, you know, if that happened 20 years ago when AI was around, they would not have done that at all, you know? Yo, AI was at the All-Star game. Yeah, like front row. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the, the big winner of the skills challenge was Tatum. Off a half-court shot, so. nonetheless. I actually think the, the winner was... If you're the second player who gets to shoot the three, I think they've won mo- almost all of their matchups. So usually the first guy who kind of comes out of the gates and makes that uh, pass through the the tire, through the loop, uh, usually ends up getting the first shot at making a three. And I think almost all the guys missed on their first shot, leaving the way for the second guy. So I think the big winner is patience. Yeah, you don't want to rush in that. It's a finesse game. Well, until you get to Kyle Kuzma, who just literally like chucks the pass so he can get rid of the balls for that for the yeah he the just tire threw pass. him as like, fast he as he just, could yeah. so he could move on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I, I guess it worked. Like, did uh did Trey Young win the trade? Because he matched up against Luca in the semis. Oh God! Is this a storyline really off of this? <laughs> no, this, this is a no. Let's just move on to the three-point contest. Oh, okay. One other highlight was Jokic making the uh, tire pass one-handed. Yeah, uh, cool a, man. One hand. One hand. <laughs> I'm unimpressed. Most of them do like a most of them do like a two-handed chest pass, and they suck at it, but. I'm, I, that's what I'm honestly surprised by is how much they suck ass at the tire pass. <laughs> like, and it doesn't look that hard. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. What's the actual distance? Do you know the distance between uh, where they throw it and, like, the, the tire I pass? I think it's just, like, 15 feet. Like, it's, it's like, from the three to, like, the out-of-bounds line, but on the wing. So it's not even, like... It's not even like a cross court pass or anything. Like it's still pretty close. Yeah, I'm not sure. So maybe the the better question is is if we change the shape of it from a tire to like a funnel, do you think it helps or hurts people? I think the funnel would help them, but just because you can kind of focus on the depth a little bit. Like a tire is kind of hard because it's just it looks very two dimensional, whereas a funnel, like you could you can see the uh, the focal point, like the vanishing point at the end. So that might actually help these guys. Because like when they look at the hoops, uh, when they shoot like threes and like stuff, like they they try to pick out like a point on the on the rim, and it's kind of hard if it's just like a tire because like you can't really pick out a point because it has to go through it. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't have the perspective. I think what they should do is replace the pass part with, uh, like you know, they do it at halftime game. Sometimes they line up all the barrels and they have to roll the ball up the ramp. And whatever barrel lands in, they get the money. That's what it should be. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. three-point contest. So uh, a little bit different this year. There was ten guys instead of I think eight is what it used to be. Um, yeah, I think it used to be seven or eight. 
And so a lot of guys. A lot of guys. A lot of, a lot of good storylines. We had Steph versus Seth. We got Kemba. We got uh, you know returning champion Booker and Steph. Had um, a UNC guy and Danny Green. Yeah, a lot of good reasons for everyone to be there, except Joe Harris. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, Breakout Joe Harris star, man. came right out of the gates, first one to go, hits the highest score of the night. And uh, he set the pace early. And fortunately, Dame Dollar uh, set the pace slow and was like the lowest score of the night. Very, very reminiscent for Joe Harris. Uh, Jason Capono in that year when he won the three-point contest. Yeah, so that was that was like surprising because I think it was one of the few years where like getting a 17 doesn't advance you to the next round, which is like, that's a lot. Like hitting over 17 is pretty hard. Yeah, and at one point, Joe Harris and I think Steph both hit nine in a row. I think the other thing too is is I would... I know a lot of the reason why they're shooting difficulty with this is because they pick it up off the rack and it just, it's not yeah. in natural motion for them, you know? And I, it also, is, it's kind of weird, right? Because you have to kind of run around the racks a little bit. And, and I think that kind of messes up their footwork sometimes. Yeah, doing that or having to go all the reach all the way for the back one, it's like you got to take two steps back and then come back forward. Or some people opted to put like the rack on the left of them, even though they're right-handed or vice versa. It's kind of kind of interesting. I think that maybe the most consistent thing though was everybody used the money ball rack as their last rack, which was kind of funny to me. Uh, I think Dirk actually had it in his middle rack, the one that was uh, just kind of straight on. Because you I mean, can tell, like, really you know, them, but... people got tired as the night went on. So it's like, wouldn't you want to put it earlier so you weren't tired on your money ball rack, you know? I don't know. Because a lot of the guys, they needed to kind of get a rhythm going. Like, a lot of guys, their first seven or eight, not very good. Yeah, it looked like they true. kind of needed a bit of a, like, an idea of the tempo or the pace to kind of go at. Because mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of the guys, they either finish with, like, a lot of time left these guys were practicing it felt like these guys weren't really practicing this specific event yeah and then we had a nice close-up of booker literally dropping an f-bomb right on tv after quavo told him he was too short of uh advancing yeah i love that he was really competitive about this i mean he's he's a son so like there's not much to look forward to but now speaking of things to look forward to the nut contest was obviously the next part of the night and maybe uh, kind of made a little bit of a resurgence here. Was it not an awful dunk contest? No, uh, except still, if your name was John great. Collins, that was the uh, ultimate. Oh man, he he. John Collins is a reason why there needs to be like a third round. His dunks were not that bad, and his scores seemed a little low. And there also seemed to be some favoritism towards DSJ, which which I mean I'm fine with, but. This really felt like there needs to be the three rounds. And instead of doing like two dunks uh, for each round for two rounds, do one dunk until the final round. So you have three rounds where you have four guys. Each guy goes one dunk in the first round. Then you take the top three. Then you do another dunk. Then you take the top two. And then the last two guys have two dunks. Then you take the aggregate score or an average score. Yeah, I think that seems fine. I think uh, maybe not uh, – well, words uh i think maybe not a bad idea would be 
you know, in the early 2000s, they would do, like, one of your dunks had to have a teammate in it, or, like, one of your dunks had to have a prop in it. Yeah, I think they need to move back to having those kind of specific gimmicks per round kind of thing, like, not not necessarily constraining it, but providing guidelines for what to expect in each round, which I think would also help the guys. Yeah, because, you know, uh, as it got into the last round with Diallo versus DSJ, it was like, you know, Diallo would use, like, a teammate and a prop, and then DSJ was just trying to do, like, a total solo dunk or vice versa, and it's it makes it really hard to sort of rank the two against each other because now you're like, okay, you know, is a guy holding a ball maybe not straight harder than just dunking it yourself or... You know, is jumping over a plane harder than jumping over a car, or... Yeah, as well as... I don't... So, before there used to be... You, you could only have, like, a certain number of attempts, or you had to get a dunk within, like, a two-minute uh, window, but at like the time, you had kind of unlimited attempts, and I don't really know how that factors into the scoring. That's, or, that's or, the or, they, or the judges just... Does it seem like the judges were almost ignoring the fact that DSJ missed so many of his attempts um, in multiple rounds? And I think that really kind of hurt him at the end was just... Yeah. He just took so many attempts. Like, it, it just... Uh, I feel like if you had, like... One of the things with Diallo was... Um, some of his, like, first... You know, it was just, like, first try. And it just... I mean, that's what you you need is, like, that wow factor from the crowd. And you kind of miss it if it's fifth attempt uh doing the dunk yeah that's why i find it like so i think they do the uh, three attempt rule still but the trick with what dsj was doing is if he jumped and didn't think he was going to get there he just didn't uh, didn't throw the dunk he didn't throw the ball at all so he kind of wiggled his way around that rule so there's that <laughs> nc state education coming in to effect but uh you know i think you know the judges obviously should like if if you could just like video edit out all of the missed attempts like it would be a much different game but when you see a guy and let's say it like bounces off the rim backwards and comes out and he gets like the full dunk basically completed you know you lose that surprise yeah. factor and that's just so huge because when you know what's coming it's not you know it's not exciting right yeah and one of the things i think would be cool is Keep the uh, five judges, you know, five official judges, but it'd be cool if they had like an NBA Twitter side of things where people could actively kind of at the end of the round, like vote for their favorite dunk or something, you know, so then you kind of get this like fan favorite versus kind of the judging favorite. And then if there's a disconnect, then you just have even more to talk about with the dunk NBA Twitter. Like it just kind of, you know, breeds controversy. So therefore, like people are talking about the NBA. And it, you know, it's like you get more people engaged with kind of the dunk contest if you also have this kind of fan favorite NBA Twitter kind of side of things. Yeah, maybe um, that gets you bonus points, or maybe that's how they determine like from the round of two. If there's a tie or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be great. So John Collins whipping out whipping out the little model uh, airplane from by the Wright brothers. How uh, how hard do you think uh, our Aero Boy listeners were? I was really shocked by this. Like, I was There's like, oh, this is cool. Like, okay, first in like, flight. Oh, I'm in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt really weird. Yeah. It, it, it just felt like, 
out of place and even the judges were like is that even taller than a car and like people weren't really looking at it for an airplane they were looking at it for height and of course he even screwed that one up and you know twin towers to the wright brothers with his legs so uh that didn't work very well and thank goodness he really didn't get hurt because that could have that could have been pretty gruesome injury yeah as well as i I didn't really know what he was trying to do because he had the kind of the goggles and the cap and the scarf. And, you know, at first I was like, what's he trying to do with this? And then he had trouble, like, keeping the headgear on. And it just kind of threw me off. Like, I think these guys need to kind of simplify the communication of what they're going to do. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, like, one of the dunks that always stands out is the Gerald Green cupcake uh, dunk, like, 10 years ago. Because it was so simple. It was just... I'm Gerald Green, and I'm going to show you how high I am by blowing out this candle on a cupcake sitting on the rim. So you know that when I blow it out, you know that, like, my head was at that height. Yeah, and I mean, the dunk he did wasn't, like, super technical, and there wasn't a ton of props involved. It was just, like, something so nuanced and, like, out of the box, really. Yeah, that's why I think maybe they need to kind of have a specific... Uh, guideline or like a gimmick per round and then maybe that kind of unlocks this different creativity from these guys ever i think my two favorite dunks of the night were both the dunk over people one diallo dunking over shack and doing the arm hang that was probably the dunk of the night and then what would have been the dunk of a night is if j cole actually hit his dunk after dsj dunked over him <laughs> yeah like dsj's dunk pretty solid and then when J. Cole went for it, not a lot for J. Cole. What do you make of the whole DSJ wearing J. Cole's jersey as well as the other guys also wearing kind of these throwback jerseys of other guys? I We've kind that, of seen this a lot in, in recent years with like Toon Squad and Larry Nance. And I'm kind of, it feels a little stale. Yeah, it's getting a little, it's wearing out its effect on me. Like the J. Cole one's cool because it's like J. Cole doesn't play. They're obviously homies. Like, the Larry Nance one's all right because it's like, oh, it's his dad. You know, he's wearing his number anyways. He's going to do his dad's dunk. But then there was, like, um, I think it was Donovan last year did, like, wore a Vince jersey for a dunk because he mm -hmm. did, like, the behind-the-backboard spin one. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool, you copied the dunk, but, like, you know. If Vince was retiring, that's, like, one thing. But I feel like you have to have like a specific reason for wearing this this jersey, and maybe somebody should. I don't know. There should be like Adam Silver's like, yeah, okay, we'll let this one like kind of get like you need Adam Silver's permission to wear these jerseys. I don't know. Like, I, I think it just needs to go away for like. Yeah, we gotta think then, of something else. We gotta think of something better. Like, I'd rather see like uh, someone wear like a, a Nate Robinson jersey and dunk over Shaq. And we've also seen a lot of dunks like just jumping over other guys. Uh, also, it's kind of been a prevalent dunk. Kind of want to see more like partnership stuff, right? Like one of the interesting things with uh, who brought out Steph? That was DSJ. Brought was that out DSJ? Steph. Yeah, it was DSJ, right? Like stuff like that. Like let's, you know, let's let's have like, some why did interesting you pick kind Steph? of set pieces. Well, because he's from Charlotte, but like Charlotte? these guys are yeah, not teammates in any way. Also, Steph threw some. Four passes there. And then um, you had Westbrook the throw one for Diallo, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Diallo, 
I told you, dude. He was like, he was favorite to win this, man. I think we had it picked right. I think we were like Diallo, DSJ. Yeah. And then I think we, we had Miles Bridges last. Bridges. Yeah. I think we had Miles Bridges last, just because you and I both figured he was going to be kind of vanilla, very like. He just the missed. Point, he's there. He's there because he's a Hornet. Like, I'm kind of just sad that he missed. Really, I think I think he could have had. I think he had some good stuff in the bag, and he just didn't get to use it. Yeah, that's why I think they they need to kind of retool this. They've kind of retooled the skills. They've retooled the three point. I think the dunk is the next thing that needs to but be tweaked a little bit just to give it best dunk contest since uh, the Zach Levine Aaron Gordon rivalry. Oh yeah, most yeah yeah definitely. Yeah, so I think it felt like I think the right guy won. Job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. All right, so that Any is um, All Star Weekend. That is the end of All Star Weekend. We kind of did it in a backwards order, but uh, yeah, I would recommend to go back and watch some of the highlights. Of course, a lot of guys joking around with interviews. Uh, kind of an interesting sidebar. I guess we can wrap up with this. Is uh, Dwayne Wade's son joining him on the court for all these shoot-arounds with LeBron and Harden and all these other guys. He's going to get a 10-day with the Lakers. Dwayne Wade not sticking around for his kid. How does he feel about that? I I don't think he's... I mean, honestly, the fact that Dwayne Wade made it to 20 is amazing in itself. I'll be watching. I'll be looking for the high school mixtape. I'll be looking for what college he goes to. You think he goes to Marquette too? No, I think he actually gets something big, like or at least like a blue blood kind of school. Duke? Is he Dukey? I don't know. Uh, I think Shaq's kid is thinking about going to Duke. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like all those, uh, all those. What was it like Gary Payton Jr., Scotty Pippen Jr., LeBron Jr.? Like all those guys are about the same age, and it'd be kind of interesting to see where they go. Do they all go kind of different teams, or do they form like a super team in college? Yeah, I'm sure they've been uh, trying to do some collaboration with the AAU teams. It'd be an interesting episode. We can we can talk about sometime is the next generation where they are now, where they're gonna go, and should I be a fan of NC State basketball anymore? And uh, with that, folks, we will say thank you to our listeners of Heart in the Paint. Of course, we haven't had a viewer of the Fortnite in a while, uh, mostly because this is going to be the first one that's been going on YouTube in a long time. Uh, so thank you to uh, AA Bello 3 for being our Heart in the Paint viewer of the Fortnite. Remember, uh, we are sponsored by Arrowhead for this episode of Heart in the Paint podcast. Of course, you can find them at arrowhead.com. And, of course, we love hearing your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns down in the description below in the comments section. You can email us. You can DM us. You can Everything's open for you guys. So uh, take advantage of it, and we will talk to you all guys next time.